Hey, hey, I'm getting text messages and everything. <laughs> hey, everybody, we got one more minute. I need someone to tell me that you can hear me. Please type in the comments. I'm just waiting for a little more people to get one. Let me turn my volume up. Oh, hey, Ebony. You can hear me. Woo woo. All right, I am going to do my countdown. to the throne room. Conquering the queendom of daughterhood, womanhood, and motherhood is a quest we can't accomplish on our own. So we invite queens from all over the world to share their struggles, their triumphs, and their quest in conquering their queendom. We pray that God restore, reveal, and revive us into the queens he wants us to become. God's will be done, thy queendom come. so impressed with that intro it is so good hey everybody hey hey i'm so hyped to be doing my podcast live i wish i can tell you that this is my first episode but that would be lying i do have an episode in an archive somewhere but um we had to scratch that once god told me exactly what i really need to be doing so i actually want to welcome you guys to the very first live podcast episode of thy kingdom come I want to do a one-word check-in with y'all. I want you to describe your week to me in just one word. I'm going to be looking in the comments to see what you guys say. What do you think? One word to describe your week. I got my word. My word is messy, honey. My week was messy. <laughs> so give me one word. And even if you're watching the, um, the replay of this, I definitely want to I want you to still be interactive and still participate and type in your words. So when I go back, I'm able to interact with you too. My week was really messy because this was a week of production. I had more and more t-shirts to produce and um, 
by Wednesday, I looked up and my office was ramshacked. And I'm like, my mind feels ramshacked too. So I had to take some time out and really clean up and get organized. And I started to feel completely better. I have that Ebony says inspiring. Your week was inspiring. Nice. I did see a post from me that was like, yo, I'm just like extremely happy. And that felt good. I'm happy for your happiness as well. Um, I really want to get down into the nitty gritty of this episode. This is just a very transparent hour of storytelling for me. And it may not even be an hour. Um, Tamika, I see that you have that. Your week was great. Awesome. Love it. Um, <clears throat> and I just want to get into my own queendom and sharing what my queendom is with you guys. So before I do that, I want to make sure that you grab your Hello Beautiful mug. I hope you ordered one. Fill it up with your favorite drink of delight. And let's enter the throne room. And you can order your mug on hellobeautiful.info. You can order a shirt as well so that the next episode that we have, you got your cup and you're ready to go, honey. <laughs> so welcome to the queendom. I really want to dig deep and tell you guys exactly what queendom means. In order to really understand queendom, we first have to subscribe to the philosophy. I discovered this philosophy maybe about two years ago, and it really became perfected and really clear this year. And that philosophy is who we are as a daughter influences who we become as a woman, and it impacts who we are as a mother. Tell me if it's not truth or not. If you believe that's true, type it in the comments. That is a truth that I cannot even explain. How I stumbled onto it was I had a nonprofit, I still do, called Beautiful Ink. I was doing girls empowerment workshops with young girls. And let me tell y'all, first of all, my sister is a licensed therapist and she helped me write the curriculum for this program. So when I tell you I'm doing things to change these girls' lives, I'm doing things to change these girls' lives, but something is happening. When they go home over the weekend and they come back to my classroom, it's like all my work is becoming completely undone. And I'm like, what in the world is happening? So what I discovered is that these young girls, I see a few of y'all typing in truth, yes. What's happening is that these young girls have tumultuous, toxic relationships with their own mothers. And I'm like, okay. I got to get to the bottom of this. Let me talk to the moms. I start picking up my phone calls, getting to know some of these mothers. I decide to have brunches for mothers just so they can vent about the things that their daughters are doing. What happens during these brunches is I now discover that these mothers have toxic relationships with their own mothers. And it's a cycle that constantly repeats. But it goes so much deeper than that because even if you have a great relationship with your mother, these mommy issues resonate, resonate in our life. Um, everyone talks about daddy issues. No one wants to talk about mommy issues. And the truth of the matter is that who we are as a daughter and who we decide to show up as as a woman, it impacts our motherhood. And the part of the queendom and the philosophy of that is really understanding how these pieces of our daughterhood show up in our womanhood and in our motherhood as well. And you do not have to be a mother to be part of a queendom or have a queendom because every woman 
is someone's daughter. So today, I'm going to walk you guys through the process of really understanding the queendom by walking you through my own queendom. It is a little nerve-wracking to be so transparent and to share my story and my truth, um, but it is something that I have been doing for the past couple of months. I interviewed 25 beautiful women, and I help them share their story. I like to call it the art of healing through storytelling through my blog. And you can read that blog on hellobeautiful.info as well. And I'm continuing that process. But I decided for my first episode to share my queendom. So phase one of the queendom is a quest. You have to be able to take a guided journey back to your daughterhood. And that's what I was able to do with the women for the blog. And that's what I plan on doing with my mom and daughter relationship coaching business is to take the moms through the journey and walk me all the way back to your daughterhood. Because queendom is everything hood. It's your daughterhood, your womanhood, and your motherhood, right? So let's take a journey through my own queendom. If you can use one word, just one word to describe your daughterhood, what would it be? I want you to type that in the comments for me because I got my word. What's your one word? If you can describe yourself as a daughter, if you can describe your whole daughterhood in just one word, what would it be? I have a few comments that says truth, that resonates with me, yes. Mm-hmm. I see my mommy's on. Hi, mommy. <laughs> Um, just one word to describe your daughterhood. What would it be, y'all? I'm going to tell you my word. My word was rebel. Child, I was a rebel. Ebony says misunderstood. Mm, I can't wait to get into that deeper. Yes, a rebel was my word. And um, I'm going to start my journey with you guys. I am a PK. I am a pastor's kid. I am a preacher's kid, if you don't know what PK means. And yes, everyone always says, ugh, PKs, they are the worst. Now, maybe like a year ago, if you would have said that to me, I would have been mad and put you in your place because I've always felt like PKs are just regular kids. They go through regular child development things, but people put them on a pedestal and expect them to fall off, which is so unfair. But now I completely embrace that. Yes, I was a hot mess. I was a rebel. There are things that my parents still don't know that I did, and they won't know to this day because I refuse to break their hearts. But I'm pretty sure I broke my parents' hearts many, many times. Um, there's this one story <laughs> that my mom constantly tells, and I got to tell y'all because this is the perfect example from a very young age of the rebel that I was. So I grew up Pentecostal. And on top of Pentecostal, I grew up in a Caribbean household. Okay. And um, <laughs> there were just traditions and doctrine through the Church of God of Prophecy that my parents stuck to with the teeth. And part of that was no jewelry, no piercings, no makeup, and so forth. First of all, growing up, I really wanted my nails painted too. You know how many coats of uh, Sally Henson clear pink nail polish you got to put on to try to get a tint? I used to go through it, y'all. But in this particular story, I'm probably about three or four. I know my mom is like laughing right now. I'm probably like three or four. And I make 
a declaration at the dining room table that I want my ears pierced. Now, apparently, my mother gives this long, eloquent speech of how in the Church of God of Prophecy, we do not do piercings, and I'm pretty sure she backed it up with scripture. And the way my mom tells this story is I looked her dead in the eyes and said, when I'm older, I'm getting my ears pierced. And that was that. And that was the example of the rebel that I was at three or four, never disrespectful, never slap worthy, but just, oof, yeah, she told you how it's gonna be. That was my life. And I always had to do things my way, constantly. The way that showed up in my life though, was it really broke my identity into many pieces. So I, um, I have these four areas that constantly show up in my life and I'm gonna share them with you so that you can start to identify some of your broken pieces that may come up in your queendom. My broken pieces was church hurt, running away from my calling, hiding my gifts, and constantly feeling that I'm not qualified for certain things. And if you've ever had church hurt before, please feel free to type in the comments because I think many millennials, many people have had church hurt and that's why they ran away for so long. Um, and uh, growing up as a PK, people constantly was in our business, constantly. I got another story for y'all. I'm gonna tell y'all a story about my first kiss. Middle school, I had my first kiss. Oh my God, I was on cloud nine, y'all. It was at the bus stop. I didn't even know he was gonna do it. We're just gonna call his first initial D. He leaned in, he kissed me. I was like, <laughs> I was so hyped. I hopped on the bus, you know. I got home. By the time I got home, it was already on the answer machine. Pastor Chadwell, saying my last name, all types of wrong. I saw your youngest daughter at the bus stop kissing up on some girl, on some boy. I don't know what kind of things these kids be doing. I'm like, yo. First of all, we went to church 30 minutes away. So this was someone from another church that knew my parents. And that's the type of uh, lens I had viewing of church people that they did not want you to be a kid. They did not want you to have a life. They constantly just wanted to report back on you. Okay, it was rough. Um, and I say running away from my calling because also growing up in the church, there's not a shy bone in my body. I have been standing in front of hundreds of people from the time I can walk and talk. So speaking is not something new to me. And people would lay hands on me and pray over me and tell me, you are going to be this amazing, anointed woman of God. And at the time, I'm like, I'm 16. I just want to be a 16-year-old. Like, I don't really know where you're going with this whole anointing thing. But all right, let's back up and wipe the holy oil from off of my forehead before I break out, you know? And hiding my gifts because... Um, very gifted, extremely gifted, uh, singing, dancing, instruments. My sister and my cousins, we were the first people to bring praise, dance, and drama and uh, drill to the Church of God of Prophecy Northeast region. So we were very known. People knew us for our gifts. Um, and 
those are just broken pieces that I started to hide because of my church hurt, because of my rebellion, because I wanted to show up my own way instead of what people were telling me I needed to show up as. Um, and so time goes by, time fast forwards, I find myself as a young adult. And in hindsight now, I realize that trying to carry the wrong broken pieces from your daughterhood, it cuts into your womanhood and then bleeds into your motherhood. Now that's some deep words right there for you. And that's exactly how it showed up for me for years, years, I hid my gifts. For years, I ran from my calling. From years, I did not go to church because of church hurt. And for years, I had this feeling of not feeling completely qualified. And that's because, again, being a rebel, I did things my own way. I was married at 22. I had a child by the time I was 22. Um, and while all the rest of my friends are like getting their careers together and being graduating from college, I'm putting a crib together. I have absolutely no regrets. I love my family and I kind of find that now people have their career and they're settled, but they're still searching for that love. And I thank God for blessing me with that. But it kind of always made me feel like, well, I'm not qualified. I really love marketing, but I haven't finished my degree. I really want this type of, I want to be a blogger, but I don't have this qualification. I want to do this and so forth. And that's how it constantly showed up in my life. Um, so I want you to start typing in some of things that may be your own broken pieces, things that you know from your childhood that you still may be suffering or struggling with. Go right ahead and type that into the comments. And I'm gonna share with you what phase two is of our queendom, and that is the discovery stage. And this is actually distinguishing which broken pieces are actually worth carrying. I'm gonna hop over to the comments real quick. Yes, and someone typed in, God will use the rebel. You know, you already know, that's my story right there. He sure will. And that was part of the discovery phase for me. So now we're fast forwarding. I'm about 28, been married for quite a few times, still not going to church, still carrying these broken pieces of church hurt, um, hiding my gifts, running away from my calling and not feeling qualified. I'm almost completely done with school. It took me 13 years to graduate from college. From the time I started X amount of colleges I went to, to the time I finally graduated. Um, <clears throat> it took a very long time. And the discovery process for me is not a very short phase. For others, it may be. For me, it took six years. From the age of 28 to 34, this discovery of the broken pieces I really wanted to show up with and actually put away the other ones that I didn't. So check this out. At the age of 28, I'm working in what I call a creative graveyard. I'm doing the same job every single day. And for someone as creative as me or with as many gifts as me, it's a graveyard. And I think that many people, they strive for these degrees. They strive for this office nine to five job, but they are like suppressing gifts that they have and they can't understand why they're so miserable. 
And it's because you are built for so much more um, and you're carrying the wrong broken piece, right? We'll get to that. So this is how I discover something. I'm 28, I'm working in this creative graveyard and my boss who became a very close friend of mine, she wants me to be her wedding coordinator. So um, till this day, it's still the most elegant wedding I've ever been to, chow. She rented out a Victorian mansion. Oh, chow. The wedding guests, um, the wedding party, we got to stay over in this gorgeous mansion. And she's a musician. She's a singer. Her husband's a musician. He's a music producer. So everybody in like the wedding party, everybody is like gifted. So, you know, I'm doing my thing because y'all know I could put an event together. You know, I'm coordinating. I'm using that administrative gift. And now it's time. The reception is over and they're like having a jam session outside. So I'm like, well, let me scoot on out here and just stand, stand on the wall and, you know, just watch this go down. And it's this really dope song. And y'all, someone is straight up disrespecting the tambourine. Now, all my family that's watching, they already know where I'm going with this. You cannot disrespect a tambourine at all. So I kindly give the church finger. I walk right over there. I'm like, let me get that. Let me get that. I take the tambourine. I bust a tambourine, right? <laughs> that means I played the tambourine very well. So um, <laughs> afterwards, this lady comes up to me. She says, you grew up in the church, huh? I was like, yes, I did. She's like, girl, I can tell. We high five. So I move along. And as we shift through this jam session, and now they're singing another song. I don't really know the lyrics. These are made up songs. It's a jam session. But I can hear a harmony that other people really aren't picking up on. So I start to sing that part and people are like staring at me. And at this point, I have not sung publicly since I was like 19. The last time I lived at home and was going to church um, consistently. So people are staring at me completely. And this is coming from a person that was sing before and the whole Holy Spirit will fall over a place, right? This is someone that has suppressed this for years. And afterwards, this woman is just like, oh my God, your voice is so angelic. Now I can sing, I can't sing, sing, but I can hold a note. So I kind of just like brush it off like, yeah, okay, thank you. And last but not least, and this was the topping on the cake, the last song that they have is like this Caribbean beat, they jamming. And there's some bongo drums and ain't nobody playing the drums. And I'm a drummer chick, been playing the drums since I can walk, right? I get on these drums, I bust a drum. That means I played the drums extremely well, right? <laughs> and Afterwards, my friend's husband screams out like, yo, Kadeen, you're a beast. Like, you just did all these things and we didn't know you could do all these things. And like, everyone is like, ah. And I'm like, oh my God, I haven't done that in years. These are broken pieces that I had hidden away for years because of my church hurt, because of running away from my calling, because of hiding gifts, because of feeling that I'm not qualified, right? So that week I'm walking into work, I'm talking to my sister, I'm like, yo, I had an amazing weekend, I feel like I'm high, I'm on cloud nine, and she's like, you know why you feel this way? Mind you, she's a licensed therapist. You feel this way because in one day, you used every single last one of your gifts. 
when was the last time you used every single last one of your gifts? And those words just kept playing over and over because what I realized is, yes, I have these broken pieces that I've shown up with, but that also means that I left some pieces behind. I left my gifts behind. I'm hiding them. I'm not using them. Yes, church hurt, but if I don't go to church, I'm not going to be able to use my gifts to the glory of God. If I'm constantly running away from my calling, yes, they prophesied over me at a young age. At 16, I didn't understand that. But now I'm almost 30. Like, maybe I do want to discover who this great woman of God is. So I had to make the distinction between the broken pieces I was carrying and that was cutting into my womanhood and bleeding into my motherhood. I had to make the distinction of which pieces I really want to carry and which pieces were actually mine to carry. So that was the first beginning of the discovery stage and it took many years. Um, in the same job is when God spoke to me for the first time in a very vocal voice that I can hear. And I used to shy away from telling that to people because if you're not um, a very spiritual person or religious person, then it kind of sounds crazy, right? But it was actually the Freddie Gray Peaceful March in Philadelphia. They completely blocked down Broad Street and people, thousands of people are marching down the street. Everybody is standing in front of a window. Nobody's working. And I remember a coworker speaking to me and I could not hear her. And I looked around and I realized I couldn't hear anyone's voice. And I heard God say to me, you are not supposed to be here. You are not supposed to be here. And I remember just feeling really dazed and going to my cubicle, my creative graveyard. I pulled blank papers out of my printer. And next thing I know, I look up people are leaving to go home and I have pages and pages of my organization, Beautiful Ink, written out. And at the time, I honestly thought that that was the purpose, that was it. Now I realize that was just step one. It was like a test of obedience. If you do these steps and if you listen to what I'm telling you to do, I'm gonna continually bless you and continually give you this discovery stage. So because I discovered and started making distinguishes between my broken pieces, my question for you is, can you name something that you are still carrying from your past that you're having difficulty letting go of? Because this discovery stage, it ain't pretty. It's brutal. You have to have a real brutal conversation with yourself of the things that you really need to let go of. So if you take a moment to type those words right there, <laughs> right there, I'm, I'm reading all of the comments right now. <laughs> um, you can type the comments right now. Can you name something that you are struggling with? You're still carrying it from your past that you have difficulty actually letting go. This is something part of the discovery stage of our queendom. And as you guys type that in, you know, I reveal to you what mine were. But here's why you must discover those. Because the third part of our queendom, as we start to wrap this up, is wholeness. Wholeness. And I know you're thinking, well, how can you come to wholeness from broken pieces? 
child is a whole process. It's a beautiful process. And I can't wait to explain that in different podcasts. But wholeness, I'll tell you one thing that is not. It's not what you believe will make you complete. And this is the last transparent story I have for you guys. So I've been working on my nonprofit for years at this point. I'm having brunches. I'm having events. I'm having fundraisers. I'm, I'm trying to do the healing process with young girls. And I'm starting to discover this philosophy that I need to probably be working with women and the mothers, right? So we move into this gorgeous new place in February, right before Rona hits, like a month and some change. So I'm in a real happy place because it was stressful trying to find a place. And in all transparency, we, we moved four times in two years, no fault of our own, just the way that the dice was rolled. And we were completely stressed out. And God blessed us with this gorgeous house that we're in right now. So I felt like I was on cloud nine. And I'm in the shower. And I hear God speak to me again. This is the third time he spoke to me because the second time after he revealed what beautiful ink is, it was kind of like a slap in the face of like, here's all the places I want to take you and you're still not doing what I asked you to do. We'll get to that another day because that's going to take some time. But this is the third time that God spoke to me. I'm in the shower and he says to me, you're angry at me and you still haven't talked to me about why. I'm sitting there like, where is this coming from? We just moved to this gorgeous place. I have no stress right now. Like, what? God, like, what are you really trying to say right now? And he's like, you're still mad at me because you can't have another child. At this point, I hadn't cried about my infertility issues in years. At this point, my son is 12. He's a grown man. He can survive on his own for days without our help. Like, anybody thinking about no second child, God? Like, what are you talking about? And I broke all the way down because it was still a hurt piece and I was still angry at God about it. And I had it openly talked and yelled and, and really like vented to God about this, right? Because, I mean, in 2010, um, we've been trying since 2010. I was the first one out of all my friends to be like, I want a second child. And everybody was like, no. And everyone has two, three, four, five, six children now. We still only had one. And it all came crashing down at me. And we all know the best place to cry is in the shower. So at this point, I'm at the bottom of the shower, bawling my eyes out. And God says to me, Will you still do what I've called you to do, even though you don't have this heart's desire? Ciao. I stood, I sat in that shower until the water ran ice cold. And I finally stood up, turned the water off, and I said, yes, Lord, I'll still do what you called me to do. At that point, I thought he was still talking about beautiful ink. A few months later, I get Rona. I have extremely bad asthma. And I had four very scary days. And the first day of that scary day, I did not think I would wake up the next morning. Um, I would take these 
deep breaths to inhale and can only get a little bit of air. And the last time I felt that way, I had to go to the hospital and I stayed for five days. But this time I wasn't going to the hospital. You're not going to incubate me. Like I was petrified and I had to make a decision of like home care, sit up straight, try not to fall asleep. I might not wake up. Let me say a prayer. And I pray and I ask God to forgive me for my sins. I ask him to forgive me for not using my time wisely. And I pray that he would just make sure that my son and my husband will be okay without me. And when I woke up the next morning, I'm like, I'm still here. And my bestie caused this a spiritual downpour because y'all, after that, Rona and all, I was up until like five in the morning every day making videos on my phone to my girlfriends, to my sister on an app called Marco Polo, telling them all the ideas that was coming to me. And one of my besties was like, yo, you had like a spiritual downpour. And that's when I came up with Hello Beautiful, mom and daughter relationship, the whole queendom philosophy, everything there. But this tiny little broken piece kept showing up. And this tiny little broken piece was, how can you possibly help moms with their daughters and you don't have a daughter of your own? How can you possibly do that? And here's what God revealed to me. Wholeness is fully accepting God's plan and purpose for your life. It's taking all the broken pieces and molding it into what God has called you to be. At that moment, when that tiny little broken piece kept coming, like, how can you be qualified? I heard God say to me, will you still do what I've called you to do, even though you don't have this heart's desire? And me being shivering, freezing from the cold water, standing there and saying yes to God, in that moment, I knew exactly what Hello Beautiful needed to be, exactly why I was qualified, regardless if I had my own daughter or not. And part of that was the broken piece of being a rebel daughter. I am the rebellious daughter. I've always been the rebellious daughter. And I had an amazing relationship with my mother. And it's her blueprint, her being steadfast in her faith, her being steadfast in her commitment to me as her daughter, that's the blueprint that I want to share with the world. God has always qualified me and prepared me for this my whole entire life. So that is what wholeness is, truly accepting what your plan and purpose is, regardless of the things that you feel like is missing, regardless of the broken pieces that you feel like you still haven't accomplished. So my question to you is, what is something that you are waiting for to make you whole? What are you waiting for? Why don't you feel whole? What part do you still feel like is somewhat broken? Because I'm here to tell you, we are not broken. There are things that happen to us. There are broken pieces from our past, but we ourselves are not broken. And stepping fully into our purpose and the plan that God has for our lives brings us complete wholeness. It's taking those broken pieces and molding it into something new. It's, for me, stepping into my calling. It's not hiding my gifts, right? It's knowing that I'm qualified. It's all of these things. 
I want to go to the comments and see what y'all got for me. <laughs> oh, that's juicy. Oh, being weird is the broken piece that's still with me. Yes to stop feeling weird. Listen, weird, weird to who? It's okay if you're weird. You know, do you know that my son proudly says that he's weird? Proudly. You embrace it. It is you and I know you very well. That is your uniqueness. That's the light that you bring to the world. It is what makes you completely whole. There are many of us that have broken pieces that we have left completely buried. It can be that you grew up in an abusive home, but you're not abusive now. You have your own children and you're not abusive. That is a broken piece that you're carrying that doesn't belong to you. You grew up in a household where your parents were neglectful or they abandoned you or maybe they were um, substance abusers, but you are not a substance abuser and you are no longer in that, in that home. And yes, the pain that they have or that they did to you is still there and it's time to heal. It's time to stop carrying that broken piece because you are not that abandoned child anymore. And that is what our queendom is all about. It is distinguishing. It's completely taking a quest. It's coming to the discover, discovery stage of distinguishing the broken pieces that actually belong to us and molding them into something new for wholeness. And that's the treasure. The third phase is a treasure to find your wholeness. And that's it. That is what queendom is. And that is my queendom. And I'm ready. I'm ready to share my gift to the world. And it started last year with something as simple as taking my phone and clicking record, walking to the sub and speaking about the things that God wanted me to talk about. That was one way for me. And that evolved into playing the piano and singing and using my gifts on my own platform instead of waiting around for someone to give me an opportunity creating my own opportunity and hopefully through the art of um, healing through storytelling with Thy Queendom Come, I'll be able to help many more people. And that is it. That is it for my episode. That was a good 30 something minutes, wasn't it? I think so. I want to read some of these comments that you guys have for me. Ooh, boom, bringing broken pieces with you means you left your gifts. Yes, honey, yes. Facts, because I know people love me because I'm weird. I know, I love you. I love you and all your weirdness, darling. <laughs> and if you are watching a replay of this, I still want you to make sure that you type in the comments because I want to be able to read, um, to interact with you for sure. Ooh, Tamika says, a people pleaser. There are many people that feel like they had the need to please others. Tamika, the only person that you need to please is yourself and God. That's about it. And that's very hard when you are constantly looking for approval and worthiness from other people. But you yourself are worthy simply because God says so. There's no other reason but that. Oh, someone says, this is a whole healing. Thank you so much for this. Amen. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to do. Um, I am so excited. So 
Um, for episodes to come, I will not be the only person. I will be interviewing people as they share their queendom. If you feel like you want your queendom shared, if you want to tell your story, if you want to go through this journey with me, if you want to go through a guided quest, if you want to go through a discovery and a place of wholeness, that is what Thy Queendom Come is for. And we interact and we get all the love from the people watching us. And as we continue, I will have more and more guests. We will be talking about some hot topic, taboo, um, very deep topics. So I want to make sure that you grab that cup of delight, whatever it may be, and that you join us. And we are now at the 40-minute mark. And I am so happy. I'm so happy that I was able to do this and that you guys joined me. Ooh, I have resentment because I became a late mom and so scared to fail at this. Mm. I need you to know, Davina, I'm going to show you this right now. Here is the last question. Girl, how does all of this show up in our motherhood? That is the one question we're not going to answer yet. Because motherhood is an ongoing, everyday learning process. It never, ever ends. And um, it's something that no one has had, um, what do I want to say, the go-to blueprint for. Um, yes, you may have started late, but late for who? This is your life. This is your story. This is exactly how it's supposed to be. You can't compare your life to others because this is your specific queendom. It is your quest, it is your discovery, and it's your wholeness. So holding on to that biological clock of what other people may do, that's not your way. It's not your story. <clears throat> like I said, I took 13 years to complete college. I will never forget, my husband threw me an amazing party for my associate's degree associates. I had a childhood friend come and celebrate with me. And he was like, well, what degree is this? I said associates. And he fell out laughing. I mean, he literally dramatically fell to the floor cracking up. And I said, they're like, yes, it's my associates. And my husband is celebrating me and walked away. Celebrate every single accomplishment that you have. Celebrate every single milestone that you have as a mother, regardless of what age you are at. Um, and come to a place of wholeness, accept the plan and purpose that God has for your life right now at whatever age it may be. <clears throat> yes. Oh, you guys are talking to each other. That's what I love, the sisterhood. Our children are given to us from God, so you were not late. God was on time. Go ahead, Tiff. Yes, that's a word in itself. Celebrate all the good and celebrate all the bad. I'm going to open this up with the last few minutes that we have for any questions that you guys might have for me. <clears throat> open up the comments to anything that I may have said. Or you can even tell me any topics that you would like us to address when we're walking through our queendom. I would love to do that as well. Yes, thank you. Thank you, everyone. You guys are on point, y'all. Going through the comments, making sure I didn't miss anything. Yes, 
Thank you, Ebony. So if you are someone that you feel like you are struggling with your queendom, struggling through each phase of your queendom, you can work with me by booking a free one-on-one -on -one consultation with me on my website. I am going to type that in right now for you guys. You can go to my website, which is www.hellobeautiful.info. Beautiful is spelled B-E-A-U-2-F-U-L. One-on-one. Yes, you can go directly to my website and let's add that right there. www.hellobeautiful.info. That's also where you can buy your mug and buy a t-shirt. And I have some more goodies. That's why my week was so messy because I had so many things going on in my office. So you can book a 30-minute consultation with me for free as we begin to walk through your queendom. And we can find out if we are the right fit and that we can definitely work together. I hope to hear from every single last one of you, especially if you definitely need help. Um, we're going to do about two to three weeks before our next queendom come. If you know someone that has an amazing queendom story, definitely nominate them. Reach out to me. You can inbox me, DM me, and I will reach out to them and get them on the show. I love you guys to pieces, and please stay beautiful. And remember, you are beautiful simply because God told you so. Love you guys. Bye.